Wizards goes crazy with announcements, plus Masters 25 previews. Wizards also goes crazy with D&D announcements, plus Unearthed Arcana. Not to mention Cosmocracy. And Soul Last Days of the Star. All this and more on this episode of YSMPG. Welcome to episode 25 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengis. And we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? So, we got some. <laughs> so, you know, we, we as is always the case, when we finish our, our recording our podcast episode, Wizards is like, oh, they're done? Oh, excellent. Uh, here's everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they tend to drop a lot of announcements, and um, definitely we got a, a slew of them. So let's kind of... Get right yeah, into it, I guess. Start dive with right in. the mini announcements. They have an announcement about announcements. That's right. <laughs> it was called the Valentine's Day mini announcement day, which is a, a mouthful. Um, the first thing that they talked about, which I'm most excited for out of all the Valentine's Day mini announcements. Was Battle Bond. No. Uh, <laughs> was a an app, an official MTG app. Apparently, it's going to be a life counter as well as um, help you organize tournaments and invite friends to play in them. Um, Supposedly, it's going to have a card lookup function, uh, probably connected to the gatherer, a news hub so you can see all your MTG news, and supposedly a profile that will track your wins and losses over time. And who knows what other things they're going to throw in there as well. Um, But I'm very, very, very excited to have an official MTG app. The only thing I hope it has, because my um, main use of my current MTG app, I use Deck Builder. Um, Not really even for a life counter anymore. I tend to just want to use dice or my, you know, fancy counter from uh, the um, commander arsenal. Um, But honestly, what I use my Deck Builder app for the most is I have digitized my rare and mythic collection, Uh, which you know. And... You know, maybe someday I'll get crazy and do my ginormous common uncommon collection, but probably not. <laughs> do I have it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just such a nice, it's such a nice way to have to, you know, I have so many cards now that if I want to look, if I have something, I can just go to my app. Um, I hope the Wizards app does the same thing. I want it. I doubt it will. It feels like that would be like a later feature that they might add if they ever I feel add like it'd it. Be a premium feature that or they would might. They I would. would add. I would accept that. Yeah. I would accept a. I would only a five dollar ex- premium feature for collection building. I would only accept that if it's synced from like a website to your phone and had that kind of like cross compatibility across right. devices, which is what Deck Builder does. I use Deck Builder because I mean. If you're using um, something that's not an Apple device, I'm not sure if Deck Builder is on the Windows market. I'm not sure. Um, but it it is cross-platform in terms of your iOS and your um, Apple um, Mac OS. So if I do an update on my collection on my phone, it's instantly in the cloud and then therefore on my computer able to access it. So that's really what I'm hoping for from the app. I'll probably still download it regardless. Oh, yeah, just 100%. To, you know, play with it. But that's exciting. I hope that the life counter goes more from twenty to zero. I'm sure it will. <laughs> They'd be dumb not to because there's life gain. I know. Even if they, even if they don't have commander in mind, there's uh, still life gain. That's true. That's so. true. Um, the next thing they put on their announcement list was signature spellbook Jace. Um, is they call it the spiritual successor to the From the Vault series, which means From the Vault is dead. Uh maybe not. Maybe who knows? But with a signature twist. 
Each signature spell book is themed around a planeswalker and the spells that define who they are. Uh, so they're starting out with their homeboy, Jace. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a counter spell in there, maybe. Probably like, uh, uh, you know, all the other blue fun spells. Um, I really hope they'll probably put a cyclonic rift in there, too. You know, a lot of a lot of fun blues things. Fun blue? Fun blue. I can't believe you just said those words. Yeah, I know. <sighs> um, but yeah, it's going to, you know, it's relatively cheap. Um, eight cards, uh, which is, you know. You know, I don't. I hope that's not the replacement for from the, from the vault, because like that's that's really bad because people love from the vault. I mean, but if it is from the vault, it's just from the vault themed differently. I guess so. Like that's the whole point. You're so, right. um, after that, they announced Battle Bond, which Jengis cracked a joke at earlier, um, and that is a booster release focused specifically for a two-headed giant so similar to like conspiracy like was that kind of uh was a weird kind of gameplay of itself right this is going to be two-headed giant centric so you can expect some new cards that you might want to play in like commander or legacy you can expect some reprints of cards that'll make you want to buy some of the set even if you don't play two-headed giant and then you can expect a bunch of cards that are only ever going to be relevant in two-headed giant and are therefore useless in everything else um and then after that, uh, we got a nice for for our commander fans. We got a nice little treat. Um, they're going to be releasing a second commander anthology, uh, which will contain uh, four decks. Uh, you know, with probably you know some alternate art. I'm sure in a couple of them. Maybe uh, maybe it might be the same. That's true. But you know, it'll probably be that fancy packaging with the life counter and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they announced that they're going to be uh, releasing a, you know, obviously Commander 2018. Mm-hmm. Maybe not obviously. I'm sure never, nothing's ever set in stone. It's but, not. It's nice to know uh, that Commander's still thriving, though. Yeah, but four new decks, you know, 12 premium falls. So that pretty much confirms there's going to be three Commanders per, as always. Yep. Um, that's uh, And now in, that we've broken the color scheme, you know, yeah. only time will tell it what the... wherever it wants. What it will be. It's June and August for those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, June being the anthology, August being the... The uh, the decks, which should be fun. Uh, and lastly, they're going to try something new. Um, they're going to have the Chinese market specific planeswalker, uh, planeswalkers decks. Um, so, you know, with Chinese specific planeswalkers, um, which I thought were interesting. Um, sounds like someone's trying to break into the Chinese market. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good market to break into. I'm sure um, they're already there, but like, I guess, uh, you know, I know that, I know that the foreign markets, uh, like appreciate it more when things, events are kind of themed around them. Right. Um, I know they do it a lot in like, uh, online games. They have a lot of China there. There's sometimes Chinese specific events. Yeah. Um, so I guess good for them. Um, the, Speaking of, I know. Should be cool. Speaking of online games, did I tell you I got a beta into the arena? No, you did not. Oh yeah, I got. I'm beta testing Magic uh, the Gathering Arena. Yeah. Is there an NDA? Can you can you say anything? I you know if there is, I might have skipped over it in the I read this. Okay. <laughs> um, it as far as I'm aware, uh, I can speak about it. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure this gameplay video is online somewhere. I, I um, honestly haven't seen anything, but then but again, I haven't been looking. It's yeah. It's it's. Hearthstone magic. Is it Hearthstone magic? It's Hearthstone magic. <laughs> it's, you know, you're you're playing Magic the Gathering with the the fancy animations that you have come to love and know in Hearthstone. I mean, that's really like what it is. It is it is their it is very clearly their Hearthstone competition. Um 
packs crack similarly with the yeah, fancy. They explode. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird? Um, they go common, uncommon. No, no. But one rare. really, one really interesting <laughs> feature is you get wild cards. Oh, like you might get like a mythic wild card. What the wild card does, if you already have a copy of a card, you can spend a wild card to gain another copy. So if I crack, like, not that they're doing Black Lotus because they're doing current sets, but, like, let's pretend for a second. I crack a Black Lotus in my pack, and I'm like, wow, I really want four of these. If I spend four Mythic Wild cards, I would get three more Black Lotuses. You can't spend them to get cards that you don't own already, as far as I'm aware. It's simply just a way to get multiple copies is, of the same card. Is there is there disenchanting to get dust? Like in I Hearthstone? haven't gone that deep into it yet. I oh, literally okay. just cracked packs and, and played a round or two. I'm curious if they're they'll allow you to like get cards you don't have through crafting like yeah. in other uh you know in online other very TCGs. specific competition well, other th- card th- games like Hearthstone. Who wants to do that too? I know, but it's just yeah Shadow Witcher Verse, Shadowverse does it as Witcher well. Witcher does it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Card games are they're on the rise. It's, it's kind of a necessary thing when you have random boxes like that, because otherwise people to get real frustrated from just cracking packs and not getting what they want. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the, that's the deal. Um, but yeah, I got the beta. I'll have to show it to you. It's cool. Yes, you will. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, they're bringing uh, out these challenger decks. Yeah, this which, was a surprise yeah. to everybody, <laughs> and not even I don't even think the decks were so much a surprise, so much as the content of the decks. Um, because I think I had caught wind of them doing this, but you know, when wizard says like, we're going to put out a product that's going to be like something you can pick up and play and go, you think, okay, but what are they really putting out there? In like this, we, like we've seen, like starter decks, right? We, we know what they put in. So they say these are these will get you into the format right away, right? Like, or the Planeswalker yeah, decks, even. They're yeah. like, yeah, this is a great way to start playing F and M. And anybody that knows Magic knows that, like, you pick up one of those Planeswalker starter decks, you've got no chance at a regular F and M. Like two, maybe like a couple rares, not maybe like maybe a Mythic if they're feeling good. Yeah, it's yeah. just not. It's not competitive. These Challenger decks, however crazy the amount of value they packed in them i mean so crazy and what's weird is they've done this once before and i missed it really yeah when see that's funny because kilroy told me about it oh i talked with him about i was like did you see the challenger decks he's like oh yeah the thing that they did a while ago so what do you mean and i looked it up and he was totally right back when scars of mirrodin came out the release of the the revisit to mirrodin which was like, what, five, six years ago. Yeah. They did the same thing. They released like two, it was two two or three decks that were meant to be like competitive. One of them had a Verdant Catacombs in it. Really? Yeah. And when Kilroy said that, I didn't believe him. I was like, no way. I would have bought 12 of those. <laughs> I'm like, how did I not know about this? And I looked it up and he was right. Anyway, if you guys, if, if you didn't hop on that Scars Mirrored and Bandwagon, um... Now it's time to hop on with these new challenger decks. The first one, Hazard Aggro. It's you know their the current um, like red deck wins of standard. Um, it comes with a Chandra Torch of Defiance. <laughs> yeah, it does. These are thirty dollars decks. The first card in there is Chandra, and you're just like, oh wow, okay. Um, her price is good. I mean, if you're granted, if you're a reseller, like she's yeah, she's gonna she's gonna crash. But <laughs> like in terms of wanting to play that card or get that card because that's the best Chandra that's ever been printed. That's incredible. That's just the first card. Then you get Hazret. You get four uh, Bomat um, Couriers, three Kari Zebs, three Harsh Mentors, like four Fanatical Firebrands, which are just I mean, common, but I mean, like, even still, the fact that, like, they're given 
they're giving a good deck away. Um, really, it's the bow mats and that you want. a full sideboard, too. Oh, which yeah. Is, which is crazy. With two PNLRs in it. <laughs> because, you know, that's not a card that people are after. Oh, wait, it is. Two Karizev's expertises, two keys to the city. Like, the rarity and the value of this deck is well over $30. Um, then move- <laughs> As it currently stands. Right. And they call that, uh, they call it Hazard Aggro as opposed to Red Deck Wins. The next one is called Vehicle Rush, which is Mardu Vehicles, um, which has, once again, Bomat Corio. Four Heart of Kirins. Four Heart of Kirins, <laughs> four Scrap Heat Scoundrels, four Toolcraft Exemplars, two PNLRs, I mean, three Dapalas. Some Duelists. <laughs> yeah, some like really nice like Dragon Skull Summits in there, Inspiring Vantage is in there, Concealed Courtyard's in there. Um, it's like... I, 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 I'm shocked. <laughs> and then last, they have Second Sun Control, which has, you know, three approaches, approaches of the Second Sun, one uh, Kefnet, um, and you, then you have a bunch of control cards, you know, stuff like Supreme Will, um, and uh, Sensor, and Opt, um, Aether Meltdown, Cast Out. <laughs> Two Kefnets, one's in the sideboard. <laughs> yes. Um, four Irrigated Farmlands, which are nice. Um, honestly, in terms of... Uh, value like of cards um it's probably the least in terms of resell and rarity but that's not what it's going for these decks are literally disregarding rarity they're just trying to be in the competitive market and i think they are i honestly think you could you could these are these are could they be tweaked more and upgraded of course but these are these are decks that i think you could potentially stand a shot with at an fnm yeah you know what I mean? Like you would, you would be a challenge depending on what you draw. You you might win. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos, wizards. Kudos. There's a fourth deck. I don't know yes, there is <laughs> the, the counter surge deck, yeah. which is putting um, you know, putting counters on things and has you know, rich cars in it and Gontis in it and three virtuous gear gear hulks because you know why not put three gear hulks in it? <laughs> oh um, yeah. That's that's the stuff. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, hey, you know what else they announced? Started announcing uh, spoilers for Masters Twenty Five. Well, yeah. Before we get to that, <laughs> uh, though, we should talk about what they said that was the future oh, of Masters yes, sets. Of course. Um, but even before that, Challenger decks, two thumbs up. Oh, yeah, two thumbs like, up. We're to rate. Come these. on, like, like this Jesus. is a great move by Wizards. And we don't say that often. I feel like we we shit on them a lot. <laughs> But this is definitely one time where this I'm just is, like, this was a this was a good job, Wizards. You guys, you guys, so whoever thought of this, good for you. Speak, oh, also, just on the topic of, before we dive into Masters stuff, uh, on the topic of uh, FNMs, um, they're, they're going to be making a change with Dominaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but a while ago we talked about how instead of doing promos, they did tokens because they felt like promos were too competitive or something like that. Because they were like, who needs promos? Nobody's going to FNM for promos. Even everyone went to FNMs for promos. Yep. And they, everyone complained enough. And hey, guess what? Promos are back, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to get your alternate art, art uh, foil promos at your FNM starting with Dominaria. Uh, but April 27th. Masters, uh, Masters 25 um, they did a whole article about like how Masters evolved, starting yeah. with Modern Masters, then Modern Masters 2, Eternal Masters, Modern Masters 3, um, and then Iconic Masters. 
um, and now Masters 25. And they admit, it's so funny because like, except for Iconic Masters, they go through all these sets to talk about once again, so the smashing success, like we hit it out of the park. God, how we're so good at everything we do. And they talk about Iconic Masters like, all right, maybe this one, <laughs> we drop the ball a bit. And when we drop the ball. We have to re we have to reanalyze what we did wrong. Yeah, and what they essentially said was that you know the idea is that um, the master sets what Masters twenty five is going to be. They're like this is what you thought iconic Masters was. They're like we understand like their explanation of what they meant by iconic is different than what people considered iconic. Yeah. They're like Masters twenty five. That's the set you've been looking for. <laughs> and from the spoilers that we have. Up to today. By the time you hear this podcast, the whole set might be spoiled. It's true. But we're just going off of what we have up to now. I I can say with full confidence, they're 100% right. Like, Masters 25, the spoilers so far are crazy. I mean, crazy. <laughs> um. You know, just starting off with they start off big. They they definitely like kick the door down as far as the announcements of cards go, uh, because one of the first cards they announced was uh, Azusa Lost but Seeking. No, <laughs> I mean that is true. That's true. That is true. Which already was like you're like oh shit, like yeah, that's a great card. And they were like oh yeah, also Jace the Mind Sculptor. And you're like okay, which is a big announcement. But at the same time, he's been reprinted like twice already. It's true, but this is a set that's going to be widely available. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure it's going to be printed at least a couple times, you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just going to run down some of them, some of the cards real quick. Oh, Here yeah. we go. That's probably a bit more updated than one. Acroma's Vengeance, Armageddon, <laughs> Darien, King of uh, uh, Keldor, Decree of Justice. These are just the rares I'm going through, let alone the commons and uncommons, which are great. Talia, original Talia, which is desperately needed a reprint. Biden the Thassa. This isn't a rare, but blue and red elemental blasts are back. Which is great. I was like, I remember those. Yeah. The reprinting Curse Catcher. He's an uncommon, but he desperately needed a reprint. He's like a $10 uncommon right now. Blue Sun Zenith, Flash, and Protean Hulk in the same set. <laughs> you can Flash Hulk in a draft. Oh, my God. Um, uh, what else? Let's see. Uh, Vendal and Click. Is coming back, which is great. Uh, Vesuvan Shapeshifter. <laughs> Blood Moon. <laughs> yeah, Blood Moon. Living Death. Doomsday. Phyrexian Obliterator. Rat Catcher. Ball Lightning. <laughs> Master Ac of the Wild Hunt. <laughs> yeah. A Chroma Angel of Fury. Eidolon of the Great Revel, which is a it, huge card right now. Is that a Chroma art new? No, they no. used that art for the um, Angel Premium set oh, from the Vault Angels. Um, this was a huge announcement. Imperial Recruiter, a card that was in, I believe, Portal Three Kingdoms, which is currently like a two hundred and seventy or eighty dollar card. Really? Yeah, is being reprinted. That was huge announcement. Um, They're going crazy. Animar randomly yeah. there, is in there. There's a lot of Renzo, uh, Prosh, Prosh. <laughs> And you can, they have tokens for Kobolds of Care Keep. I know. <laughs> um, I can finally have tokens. Your, yeah, but here's the other thing. When Prosh came out, you could only get a foil and big Prosh. 
You can get a foil prosh now. I could get a foil prosh. You can have a shiny prosh as your commander. Oh, man. I can finally foil out my prosh deck. Yeah. <laughs> Chalice of the Void is getting a reprint at a higher rarity at Mythic. Miss. <laughs> and Nickel Bolas. Yeah. Ensnaring Bridge is, uh, is coming back, which is huge. The Filterlands? Filterlands was the cycle they went with. That's crazy. It is much needed. It's been like... Those cards are super expensive, How too. How long has it been? <laughs> Since uh, Shadowmoor yeah. and Eventide. Um, those were the sets where those came out. So it's been a while. Yep. Um, Vindicate, because why not? Sometimes you get to destroy the Death Star. Um, and that's just what we know now. Mm-hmm. Lightning, there, Lightning Bolt, remember that, guys? Yeah, li- well, hey, Lightning Bolt needed a desperate reprint. Lightning really? Bolt was a like two or five dollars really? for a while yeah i pitched a lot of lightning bolts man <laughs> you can check right now check mtg stocks while we talk but yeah lightning bolt because it's been so long since it's been reprinted and because it's one of those cards that a lot of people like would chuck or get rid of because like oh it's lightning bolt it's been around forever i don't need to sell this and they would collections went out of date lightning bolts became scarce and that's so weird to me yeah man i had so many i sold so many bolts I sold like 20 bolts and, and made like a ridiculous amount of money. There was a point where I think its highest was up to like $5. It's average $2.63 well, right now. Scroll down a little bit. What was its all-time high for that bolt? Uh, $2.64 for that bolt. I think, yeah. I think there that's was some bolt that was fourth like edition bolt. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Still though, $2.60 for a lightning bolt is crazy. Um, so yeah, that needed a desperate reprint. Um, we can't officially review Masters 25 yet. No, it's there's still But I'm going to so tell you many... my my two thumbs are already raising. Like <laughs> they're already kind of up. It's a it's a set. That's a set that I would be like I can't even imagine Buy drafting that. Buy a box that. now, man. Like that's I got my Dark own, Ritual, man. I I dude, I know. I I pre-ordered at a common. Dude, I know. <laughs> I pre-ordered my box on TCG Player for like 185 and I think suggested MSRP is 199 and there's a good chance this is going to fly even over that. Like once the, I wonder what's going to be the money like this, other, other the, than Jace and like Imperial Recruiter. Imperial Recruiter. That's going to be the goif in my opinion. Yeah. Only because the cur- you, like I said the current price. Still, do you think it'll still retain his value even though like he's I don't know. Be I saw set? a couple. I saw a couple pre-sales that that were at like a hundred as opposed to two hundred something. But I also don't know if those were auctions or if those were optimistic sales. Once again, check MTG stocks and see what you uh, see what you find there. I mean, I use MTG stocks all the time just for. I mean, he's crashing, but he's still one hundred and twenty. About um, that's European pro. <laughs> that's that's a, yeah. That's the promo. Check the original portal. Uh, oh my god <laughs> yeah the original portal one average $200 but all time high was a $500 but card. he's definitely crashing yeah. like, I don't know huh I wonder if someone knew something around Amon Ket because around that time it was a small it start, spike it started to, no it started to drop that's when it started to drop from that like, oh. period I wonder if like people knew things maybe those insider traders yeah you know. jerks <laughs> um but yeah, all in all, like the previews rolling in, I have a feeling I'm really going to love this set. Uh, and that rounds out magic, really. Yeah. I mean, there's not much more. There's not right much more now, than that, but, but that I'm was sure a lot. That was a lot of information thrown at people's uh-huh. faces. I'm sure the next, uh, by the time we record again, we'll have 
probably either a full, full master spoiler. We'll have the product in our hands yeah. probably. It comes oh. out oh, this yeah. month. Oh, yeah. So uh. we'll have product <laughs> and we get to talk about our pulls. Maybe we should do a live video pull again oh, of a yeah. master set. That'd you should fun. buy Masters 25. We should do a live master's pull. And, you know, you can pull all the cards that I want. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on to D&D. D&D. So we got a little bit of an announcement there, too. Uh, also dropped shortly after we uh, we finished recording our previous episode. Um, they they announced the next book. I mean, this just seems to be a thing that Wizards is doing now. Is one Once a year, they'll release a, a book. Um, you know, they did Volos. They did... Uh, Xanathars. Xanathars. So now they're doing... Uh, and they, I, I don't know if you remember, but we did a, uh, I talked about, they did a poll, or not a poll, but like, if if you could have anyone write a book about something, what would it be, you know? And I did see this guy's name pop up a couple times, and here it is, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. That's right, good old Greyhawk Mordenkainen yep. gets his own book. And apparently this book will not only contain monsters, but also contain lore mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of information about like the multiverse because Mordenkainen's a wizard of the multiverse. I know, <laughs> man. Mordenkainen's everywhere. Um, um, I'm shocked that it's not Elminster. And I'm also shocked it wasn't um, uh, Zagig. Zagig? <laughs> like Zagig's Guide to the Infinite I, Universes. I'll be honest. I feel like when it comes to wizards, Gygax is kind of like a revered kind of subject they don't i'm sure they don't throw it around as much as because like when's the last time we've heard as you know we've we've heard it's a game, two horrors yeah but i mean that was you know way back when no i mean they just revamped two more horrors I know, but i'm saying like they don't like make like you know this gig's back you know like in pop form <laughs> like i just feel like to them like it's a bit more he's in Greyhawk. yeah that's why he's a bit more hallowed um but uh, they even mentioned Greyhawk in the description. But there's also going to be uh, character options. Like remember those remember those character op- those race options we talked about a while ago. Yeah, well, they're, they're in this one. Oh. <laughs> so all the elves that we talked about in the uh, Shadarkai yeah. elf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Githyanki and Githvali. Um, they did. Uh, I believe they did spoil a little bit. They did have some spoilers. Uh, in their newest Dragon Plus issue, mm-hmm. uh, a couple monsters they talked about. Um, I try to bring it up real quick, but uh, what, what do you think, Dave? What do you think about this new book, this Mordenkainen's Tome of Phones? I hold Tomophones. all reservations until it comes out. You know what I mean? Like that's how I always feel. I know I still haven't bought Volos. Um, really? Yeah, you know I, I should, but I, I just haven't bought it. Um, I did buy Xanathar's though, but that's because like. When it comes to monsters, I usually look all that stuff up on apps or other places on the internet. Um, but when it comes to character options, that's the kind of stuff like I like having in hardcover-ready things. So Volos didn't really have a lot of character-based stuff, and Xenthar's Guide did. So that was kind of like the big difference between them for me. Um, that's why, depending on what is in Mordenkainen's Guide, is going to depend on sort of like, you know, whether or not I actually decide to pick up a book. I probably will. Only because it's Mordenkainen, and I've I've used him as an NPC in games I past. <laughs> I have, I feel like I have a bond with him now. I feel like we've met Mordenkainen ourselves. You know, it's like how often did you guys have to go to this bro for help? You know, yeah. It seems like you know while 
you know, Volo's guide was uh, definitely like a an adventurer's kind of like, you know, guide of what they the things they discovered along their journeys. That's Volo's guide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Xanathar's guide was definitely more of like a, a librarian's kind of like, you know, these, I've done research on these subjects. These are the the things I've noted about them. Aren't they interesting? Seems like Morenkind's tome is more like a history book. Yes. Um, because, you know, he uh, and he's going to go into like the mythology and the psychology of like his subjects. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. I really do like this new style they're going for um, with these books. As opposed to just generic PHB2. Yeah, splat and, books. And, yeah. Um, you know, the idea that each of them is written by a, a, a figure in the world and has their own style and flair. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently a lot of the monsters, I'm just reading this preview. You could see this preview in a, the dragon plus they just, uh, announced, uh, they just released. Um, they, they want to do big enemies in this one. So they have some with challenge rating 10 or higher and actually a couple, a handful of them, uh, challenge rating 20 or higher. Tarrasque. So we might see Tarrasque. Uh, we might see some like extra planar foes, like the uh, the Lords of the Abyss oh, boy. or Princes of the Abyss. Um, you know, it, very interesting. They go into like the race updates that they're going to do. Um, they they previewed some of the monsters and art that they're going to have, like a mm-hmm. Garion, uh, who is one of the uh, former rulers of the Nine Hells, uh, a Marut, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, an astral dreadnought. So oh. That must say something. You know, that's that's extra. That's planar. You know, that's that's out on the astral plane. Yep. Um. So that's cool. I, that, that's something to look forward to yeah. later in the year. Um. I think what's the release date on that? They say May. Yeah. May twenty ninth. So. So not too far. Not too far away at all. Um. Also in D and D, yeah. After that, the big announcement from my main man R. A. Salvatore, <laughs> brand new trilogy of Dritz books. What a surprise! <laughs> um, I mean, he's been quiet about it. I'm sure. I mean, he has, but there was no way that book was. I mean, I did. I did think to myself, yes, the series could end here and be done. But I was like, but it can't. It can't really. You know, when last we left off with Dritz, um, you know, spoiler alert, obviously. Um, but if you listen to our podcasts fully. You would have already had this, the last book spoiled, but still, spoiler alert for the uh, for the most recent book, Hero. Um, when last we left off, at the very end of the book, Sacnafane came back and was like, where's my son at? And Jarlax was like, oh shit, my bro's back. <laughs> and then it just ended. Just there. Just like that. And this book is going to kind of pick up where that book leaves off. And there's going to be parallels. So you're going to have the present timeline with Dritzt reconnecting with Sacnafane while learning to be a father himself because he had a child with Caddy Bree. And then at the same time, it's also going to flash backward in time um, to the early days of Menzo Baranzon. Well, not even early days of Menzo Baranzon, but the early days of Zacnafane's Menzo Baranzon and how he sort of trained himself to be the best weapons master and how he ends up finding companionship and, and, and kinship with Jarlaxle and how they, you know, their, their buddy buddy cop adventures that they do throughout uh, Menzo Baranzon. Um, so. I'm looking forward to this. I am 100% looking forward to Zach Nefane's backstory along with seeing the... That's, you know, it's really interesting. Like, I like that concept of parallels. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, Ari Salvatore is obviously an amazing writer. Um, I, I think he, it's definitely going to be fun to read through that and just see, like, you know, the flashbacks. Because I'm sure, like, it'll be like, 
I don't know if it'll be like chapter within each chapter or it'll be like this chapter is a current, this chapter is a past, you know, like usually it's just you can just tell. Yeah. They don't tell he doesn't tell you. Usually when they skip around like he's done in a lot of his books he does this, not in terms of skipping around through timelines per se, but like usually there's like two or three narratives going on at the same time. And you just sort of pick it up like pretty quickly. It does the chapter doesn't tell you what it is, it just you sort of understand it just based on what you're reading. Um you know, in Hero, you had the the Dritzt narrative, the Menzo Berenzan, um, you know, Benray narrative, and then the Dritzt's companions back home narrative, like mm-hmm. with Artemis and Triri narrative in there. And, you know, each chapter sort of focused on one of them, and sometimes they would intertwine, and you know what I mean, from a different different type of perspective. The cover art's pretty wicked, too. Just yeah. like that yellow... Zachnafane standing yeah. <laughs> there, just looking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's pretty badass. Um, it's uh, expected in September, which yeah, is, which which is, is a shame cool. it's so far away. I know. Ugh. It'll be it'll be there just like that. I know, man. <laughs> and I'll read it. I'll yeah. read it. I'll devour it in like a day and a half. <laughs> Happy birthday. And, oh, man. <laughs> so good. So happy we're coming back with more Dritz books. Um, our last D&D announcement is the Into the Wild Unearthed Arcana of Yay, the month. Unearthed Arcana. Yay! <laughs> James, would you like to speak a little bit about Into the Wild? Sure. The great it's, book. Christopher it, McCandless, young man, went out into the wild, uh, <laughs> died in the Alaskan, uh, you know, Wilderness? in a van. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was actually a really good book, by the way. I, I that has nothing to do with our podcast, but if you like to read good books about true stories, read Christopher McCandless's story in Into the Wild and how he lived and unfortunately then, spoiler alert, died. But you kind of know that going into the book anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever hear about that book? I have, I have not read it, but I did watch the movie. Oh, okay. Do you know how they got the information on his life? He had he uh, the, the book that they found, right? Like no, the man. journal? I thought no, it was... it was more than that. Really? Yeah, what they did is um, the author of the book retraced his steps went to every single place and had to like track down the people he met and talk with them about like his life to recreate an image of like what really happened wow yeah crazy anyway that is wild that has nothing to do with into the wild of Mm -hmm. D which is kind far, of, far less interesting. Well, actually, somewhat related because you these are rules for going out into the wilderness in D anD. d Maybe if he had this, he would. Uh, no, he probably. Still be you dead. might possibly die out there. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um. So the, this is a uh, you know this is like uh, a lot of times this is turned into like a a die roll by your DM, whereas like does something happen today? No. <laughs> or yes encounter you know or like um you know it'll be like hey you travel for a bit and then on this day you get and you know something happens. by a bear <laughs> uh but in this one they actually have like they go into a bit more in depth about uh you know what what the dm does like there's a they have something like a navigation dc uh where you're trying to you know they based on what you roll uh, that's how, or based on the difficulty, is how hard it is to navigate to where you need to go. Um, you know, you, you choose activities uh, of what you want to do, uh, and then there's like rules for becoming lost, uh, obviously random encounters, travels, and then like they have something for uh, uh, mapping the wilderness. You know, the, what, what does it look like? What's the path you take? Um, you know, trying to go into a bit more of like that that flavor, that meat, that, you know, that description mm-hmm. uh, that people want. Uh, what the various checks you may tech, uh, take uh, for this, you know, for navigating through the wilderness, what might that 
involve. And then, you know, creating terrain for encounters, they call tactical terrain. Um, and, you know, playing, you know, a lot of good stuff for D for new DMs who aren't really maybe great storytellers, but are trying and like, you know, just do I storytell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like, just like trying to give you like, you know, Hey, guess what guys? Adjectives use them. words, <laughs> phrases, um, you know, and, and then they give you a little example of a, an exp- exploration uh, just so you can kind of base it off your own thing. Uh, all in all, you know, five pages, definitely probably going to be in a book eventually. Um, Maybe even Morton Kynan's uh, Tome of Tomes. Probably not. No? No. Probably the next one. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's D&D. That's D&D. Yeah. yeah man. You know, maybe not as, not as heavy as magic, but... Uh, we are rolling. We are short form in this episode. Yeah. This is good. Sometimes it happens. That's good, though. <laughs> now you don't have to listen to us draw for like eight hours. We can just like give you, give you, the, give you the facts. <laughs> after uh, after our meaty dengue episode. Yeah, that was that was an episode. <laughs> um, moving on to board games. Board games. So uh, the first board game we're going to start with is one that Dave has played, but I haven't. So it is. I'm going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> It's called Cosmocracy. Cosmocracy is a... First off, the story behind me picking up this game is when Wild Pigs closed, um, I went there when they were selling all their board games for stupidly cheap. And this was marked as a demo. So the demo was like it was like two or three bucks. Normally it's like 15, 20, something like that. Two, three bucks. I bring it home, I open it up. It was completely sealed on the inside. Really? Yeah, it was brand new. Um, they had never opened it, which was fantastic. Um... So, how it works is, so there are a bunch of races. The races um, in Cosmocracy are, you have the androids. Okay. Which are the robot people. Your typical robots. The energy beings, which are space babies. I never saw that one on the website. I wonder if that's like a limited... Uh, I think it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, humans. The um, brain-sucking parasites. Oh, how lovely. Space whales. So long, so long, so long. Thanks for all the fish. Uh, the proud warrior race, of course, of course. The monstrous bug people and the shapeshifters. Um, what about the humans? I said them already. Oh, you did? I did right here. Oh. Humans. Oh, humans. Yeah. Each of them have a different candidate, um, and each candidate is running for galactic president. So. You decide what race you want to be in the beginning of the game. You, that's not random. You can pick and, you know, everybody gets to pick one and everybody can play. So this game fits up to eight. Not um, bad. Not bad. Yeah. You need to have three to play, but up to eight. What does it play best with? We played with seven and that was great. I would say the more you have, the better it gets. It gets long, but it's great. So and I'll, just, I'll describe why. Would say six or higher would probably be ideal. I'd say five, you would still have a decent game. Six, seven, and eight would be the best versions of the game. Um, Each race has certain likes and dislikes. Um, Well, not even dislikes. Each race has certain likes. And they're listed at the bottom of your race card. So, for instance, um, the Proud Warrior race, they like things that involve combat and tradition. The space whales like peace and nature. Oh. Um, yeah. And, you know, the humans like free stuff and entertainment. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Humans. Um, so that lets you know. You get a, you get your race card. Your race card has a pro side and a con side, which involves voting for your galactic president later on. Then the candidate cards, there's one candidate card per race in the game. You, you divide it up. So whatever races you're using are the races that you put into the candidate pool. 
then you shuffle those up face down, and then two at a time you have candidates face off. If it's if if your candidate is ready to go in for the debate, you are debating for your candidate. You you like if I'm part of the brain sucking parasites, my candidate is Secretary Garblax. If Garblax comes out, that means I'm about to be in this debate. There's a moderator. Um, the moderator can change or can stay the same, but you can't be the moderator if you're currently debating. Makes sense. Yep. Um, and you draw an issue card. An issue card has some sort of issue that you're going to debate upon. So the issue card might be something like um, accepting blank as a necessary evil. And in, this, <laughs> and in this case, the blank is I draw what's called a matter card, which is a type of something. So I draw a matter card and now it says accepting astral gods as a necessary <laughs> evil. So there's a pro side and a con side, whichever candidate was drawn first. So, for instance, say my two candidates were Secretary Garblax of the Brain Sucking Parasites and Governor R2IG of the Androids. Because I drew Garblax first, Garblax gets to decide whether or not they want to be for accepting the Astral Gods as necessary evil or against, or they can defer. And if they defer, then the Androids Governor R2IG has to decide pro or con, and Garblax gets the other. Whoever makes the decision of whether they're pro or con begins the debate as well. Okay. You get 30 seconds to debate, and then your opponent gets 30 seconds to refute slash debate. Then... You open up questions to the rest of the races, <laughs> and they ask questions. The moderator can choose whether or not to accept the questions, which is a strategy in and of itself. And I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Um, and then you you each get however much time the moderator decides necessary to answer the question as completely and as best as you can. So you're like, okay, this game sounds cool. Now here's the big catch. Here's the catch. The big catch is... The whale people? Nope. <laughs> but that's a funny joke. Um, the big catch is anything you say in this game is 100% uncontestable fact. It is so absolute it, truth. It is yes and? It is yes and taken to the extreme level. In fact, there's a game in, in acting world, in, in improv world, called This is a World Where. And it's a world building game. It's a fun improv game that you say, like, this is a world where people wear, you know, shoes on their hands and gloves on their feet. And then after you say that, everybody says one fact about the world because of what you said. So people say, like, in this world, people walk on their hands. And then people say, in this world, um, there's no such thing as foot fungus, only hand fungus. And, like, it goes on from there and there and there. You know, in this world, because, you know, um, gloves are more sourced than shoes are. Like, whatever it is. Like, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. you just keep going with on, on and on and on and on. This is that game taken the, to the extreme. So whatever you say is 100% fact. But you can twist it to your favor. For instance... Um, I had said in the game, I played the shapeshifters. Oh. Um, and I was the moderator. Um, and I, I said as a shapeshifter, um, my first off, when you begin the game, you everybody says one fact about their race. You can make up anything. <laughs> my fact was my race of shapeshifters. So the shapeshifters don't mate, they just fuse and then violently divide. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my fact. Um, and there was a, somebody said like, you know, the, the energy, um, beings, their fact was the 
prime source of energy in the universe is harvested from whale oil. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, space whale oil specifically, <laughs> um, which is now 100% fact. That is the prime source of energy in the universe. Everybody's got to have it. Um, and it just goes on from there. And what was great is in the debates, like, you can twist things. So, like, an example would be, um, you know, someone said to me, is it true that, you know, the shapeshifters um, have discovered that, you know, they're using whale oil themselves for nefarious means? And my response, it, it was something like that. My response was, um, well, it is true we have been using um, whale oil for our own means, which can be inferred as nefarious by races that don't understand us. <laughs> I said, um, the whale oil is completely 100% provided by ourselves. When we shapeshift, we do so at the atomic level and gain all the qualities of the things or beings that we shapeshift into. So we have never, ever harmed a space whale. We have only ever used our own bodies for our own gain. And like it twisted what they said. So I didn't refute their fact. Their fact was 100% true. Yeah. We're using whale oil for means that may be considered nefarious, mm -hmm. but I also mentioned that if that's an inference. And, you know, at the same time, I'm, you know, use, I'm not harvesting actual space whales. Yeah. Um, the example that they give in the, in the, in the rule book, which I thought was really clever and funny, is they have, um, General Mindu of the Proud Warrior Race says, mm. Galactic scientists conducted a study and found that humans are mostly harmless. Therefore, I see no problem allowing the humans to regulate death rays. <laughs> then R2IG of the android says, True. However, the galactic scientists my opponent refers to are actually raccoons that used a sample size of exactly one human who was feeding the scientists stale crackers. <laughs> humans have the lowest IQ in the galaxy and can't safely handle deadly weaponry. So That's pretty fun. Right. So we had like a long list of notes. We had to take notes because the game lasted so long. <laughs> oh because my God. You, it's four rounds. And the rounds end once everybody has has had a debate for that round. So, you, so with seven people, you're having three, you're alternating between three and four debates. Because if you have an odd number of people, the person that doesn't debate in the first round debates twice in the second round. Debates first and last in the second round to make up for it. So everybody will have two by the time the second round is over and four by the time the fourth round is over. So it was three debates, four debates, three debates, four debates with questions in between. And even questions could be adding like undisputable facts to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a question that was like, you know, how do you, you know, I don't know, something like how do you, uh, the androids in our game were known for getting, um, for they were living off of the human horn, what they called it. <laughs> the human horn. Yeah. Ugh. And it was like, how do you get the human horn? And it was like, horn. And it was something to the effect of like, well, everyone knows that the humans love Netflix and we will provide unlimited Netflix <laughs> for our humans that we harvest their horns from. And this was all like, it's just fact. 100% fact. It's a laundry list of notes. And it's just hilarious, like the, how the debates devolve and That's the intrigue. Funny. And it's, it was just great. It was a fantastic game. I would gladly play this again multiple times. Um, if you like improv, if you like debate, if you like laughing, I mean, if you like like the silliness of it, mm -hmm. this is definitely a game for you. Um, if you're not good at thinking on your feet, if you're not good at debating or whatever else... Um, 
maybe maybe pass this one up. <laughs> um, all in all, for me though, it was definitely two thumbs up. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you'll have to try it. I would love to try it yeah. one day. It is so good. <laughs> um, and now we're gonna review Soul. Yes. So um, the other game we're reviewing is called Soul: Last Days of the Star. Uh, this was a Kickstarter game. Uh, very well received Kickstarter. Did very well. Um, it's made by I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, I will find out. Here it is, Elephant Laboratories. Um, they uh, so Soul is a uh, a space based game. Uh, in it, you are playing as civilizations orbiting a dying star. Uh, the last time you know you, you're a Type One civilization, so you use your own star for energy. But the last time you harvested it, you realized that the star uh, the star went supernova uh, and, well, not supernova, but there was a, a large blast from it and it destroyed most of your structures. So uh, at that point, you have to rebuild your, your energy harvesting infrastructure so you can fuel your mothership uh, and get away from the sun before it explodes. Uh, the way the game works is you, you only have three actions. You can move your uh, your sun divers, which are like your pawns. Uh, you can convert your sun divers, which is like you put them in specific positions and they become buildings. Uh, or you can use your buildings. Um, you can't do two actions. You can only pick one of the three. Uh, and then as soon as you finish your action, you move your mothership around the uh, one dot around the sun. And so your motherships will be constantly moving, but your sun divers will only move when you move them. So you kind of have to think ahead mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to this game. Um, ultimately, you're trying to generate energy to uh, turn into victory points. And then the person who has the most victory points by the end of the game wins. Mm-hmm. The game ends because uh, via what's called instability. Um, when you interact, uh, so there's several layers of the sun. There's the outer layer. And then there's the inner layers. There's two outer layers and three inner layers. Uh, whenever you interact with the inner layers of the sun, you have to draw what are called from uh, you have to draw from the instability deck. Uh, in this deck, you know there's very like normal. There's normal cards, and then there's solar flare cards. And every time a solar flare is drawn, the sun becomes more unstable. But uh, by the time the thirteenth uh, solar flare card is drawn, the game the sun explodes and the game ends. Solar <laughs> yes um i love this game uh there's a lot of like modularness of it because each uh instability card can be assigned to a different power and those powers can be you could pick them randomly there's some uh very like uh there's very helpful instability cards there's instability cards that interact with other players there's even instability cards that attack other players mm-hmm. directly um and just I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this, but another really interesting fact of the game um, that I found when I was playing it, Jengis introduced me to it, and I played a game with him. Um, you can use your opponent's structures, yes, um, which is a very interesting interesting thing. Like so, in it creates another level of strategy because, and there are penalties to it, slight penalties. Like you give boons to your opponent by using their structure, but at the same time, like there's definitely a level of strategy of like. When you build something, knowing that your opponent might use it, you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna earn something off of this, but am I helping them more than I'm helping myself right now? You know what I mean? Like it was it was interesting for me to sort of have to think on that sort of almost chess like level of maneuvering 
um, because we could use each other's structures. And it also changes how you're going to go about building. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if you have a gate from one layer to the next, I might just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just never going to build my own gate. I'm just going to let you, I'm just going to use your gate. Like, here you go. I'm going to build my gate in the next level because that's where I want my resources spent. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was interesting. It was very interesting. Yeah. What I really like about, another thing I really like about Saul, and this is like something I like about most Euro games, is that there's very little luck involved. It really is just a matter of like, how well have you planned out your moves? And the only luck in the game really comes down to those cards. Yeah. Yeah. Just the cards themselves. Um, But like, ultimately, you just have to have a plan and you have to be able to adapt if your plan sometimes goes awry because someone does something uh, or a certain card is drawn. Um, you know, like I said, the moving mothership really, uh, affects because all your sun arrows deploy from there, but once they're deployed, they have to move on their own. Um, and the fact that your mothership moves means you have to kind of think about like, um, you know, my mothership's not going to be, it's almost like a turn clock because if you want your sun divers in prime position for like, let's say there's a gate from one layer to the next and it's on one side of the board, um, you know, and you're not on that side with your mothership right now, you kind of have to think like, okay, I got to plan my turns out here so when my mothership gets close, that's when I'll deploy. So I have the least amount of moves to get to the gate, to go to the next layer. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of planning involved. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is gorgeous, in my opinion. The art is amazing. Each of the motherships is uniquely designed, and they all correspond to uh, different worlds. So they have like a lore book involved as well. Um, the Owen Soul sort of looks like the old Zork Nemesis Eclipse Sun, but <laughs> it, I like it because of that. <laughs> um, and like it's like I said, it was it was critically acclaimed on uh, Kickstarter. Still plenty plenty available. I thought they would sell out at some point, but they do keep reprinting it, which is good. Um, you know, you could probably buy it at any store. Uh, you know, I really hope they they do more with this because you know at the end of the game. Uh, depending on how much energy you had uh, or victory points you have depends on what happens to your your ship. And like, you know, uh, if you have like zero to something, your ship doesn't escape and explodes. Or if a little bit more, your ship escapes, but it's stranded and there's not a lot of supplies left, um, so on and so forth. And, mm-hmm. I, and I thought like one of a uh, really cool idea was like if this was kind of like a trilogy board game. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game was harvesting the energy, escaping. <laughs> Um, the second game would be, uh, just jumping on those legacy games. <laughs> well, I just like the concept of it, yeah. um, is like your ship is now in space and you have, you found a habitable planet, but you have to get there. Mm-hmm. So the game takes place over generations of your, your, your rationing your energy to, to make it to the home planet, but you also have to keep all your people alive. Mm-hmm. So it goes from a, you know, a, you know, a resource gaining game to like a resource management game where you're trying your best to, you know, you know, make sure you do, you know, progress, but you don't spend too much. And then the last game of the trilogy would be, uh, kind of like terraforming Mars where like you, you find a planet and you have to make the planet habitable, and you have to colonize it and all that jazz and gotta, all the things gotta that break come out with, the meeples. Yeah, and all the things that come with that. And yeah. I thought that that would be a really interesting concept. Who knows if they'll do it? Uh, I don't know. But uh, all in all, Souls was my favorite game of last year. Well, not my number one game of last year, but definitely like one that I I'm glad I purchased and one that I'm glad I uh, 
uh, have part of my collection. Yeah, two thumbs up. Two thumbs way up yeah. for Soul. Yeah, um, I had I had a lot of fun playing Soul. Yeah, um, that was a good choice. It was a good choice. Um, on the horizon, I'm still waiting for my Gloomhaven, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's out there, huh? I I mean the so the the retailer that I ended up buying it from because I found a good price because everybody and their brother was jacking that price up with that board. Oh, yeah. Um, and I found it for like 150. Oh, not bad. Which was, it was great, actually, considering most people are you can't get it under 200. Um, but the retailer I brought it, I, I bought it from. I guess at the time that I bought it, what ended up happening is like one of their, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of their suppliers, suppliers, um, couldn't deliver the amount that they had promised, <sighs> and there was this whole debacle. Anyway, long story short, they said they were shipping it in three waves. And the first two waves were like late January, early February. Mm -hmm. And then they said, everybody that doesn't get it then, we're sorry. We're just going in the order that the orders came in. You're going to get it in like April-ish. And I was like, damn, like April. And unfortunately, I didn't get a shipment notification. So I emailed. I was like, I probably know the answer to this already, but I'm assuming I'm not part of wave two. And I emailed during wave two. And they were like, yeah, you're in wave three, man. I was like, oh, Jesus. "Uh," So I have to wait until April to get my Gloomhaven. Um, but I'm looking forward. I can't wait to review that game. That that's, game looks great. It's gonna be hefty. Yeah, that's that's a meaty game. Man. That's a lot of game right there. Yeah. It's a big old box. I know. <laughs> Twenty pounds of game. You, you might need to get a new shelf for that. I box. cleared one out <laughs> right there. There it there is. It is. <laughs> I um, played a I played a legacy game uh, just uh, the other day actually. I played a game called Charterstone. Mm. That was the uh, that's a city building, the town building legacy game. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, man, playing a new legacy game it's always fun because like it's always like refer to this. You don't know what's happening because they don't explain the rules. Kind of right. have to learn the rules through like making the the manual because it's so weird. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm really curious. You have to you have to let me know when you get it. Because I want to be there for when you open that box. For Gloomhaven? Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to see like the... We could even make that a video yeah, too. Could, a live crack of we, Gloomhaven. We could. Right before we play it. You um, know what I mean? But like just to see like all the secrets and like the don't open this, you know, or like, you know, hit my elbow. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, probably not next episode, but hopefully the... Hopefully nope. the episode after that. Yes. No, the episode. If I get it early in April. After that. Then after that, that would be uh, our <laughs> yeah. May episode. Hopefully by our May episode, oh. I will have had it. Yes. Um. So. So uh, next month, uh, PAX East. Yeah. You're uh, going to PAX. Oh, no, no. Right? Wait, this is our March episode. So then our April episode. So no. When our April episode drops, I will be ready to go to PAX. Okay. So we still have another month of things. So you might be at PAX when I get Gloomhaven. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, April should be big. March should be, who knows what March is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look forward to it. Other than that, thank you for listening. Padding out for time. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, if you have any suggestions, email us. Yes, at mail or... We'll is, say it in the end. Yeah. A little blurb. Yeah. But, you know, email, comment, send a like. Yeah. Blow us a kiss on the street. Mm-hmm. Leave us a review on our episode on, a, on iTunes. A whistle as you drive by in your car. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. I don't know if that's... No, it only goes to three. It goes five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Give us a five-star review. Please. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. 
If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode or you just want to say hi, email us at ysnpgcast at gmail.com.